and welcome to another episode of the Women Talk Tech podcast brought to you by the KPMG Women in Technology community, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories about women by women within the technology space. I'm Zoe Willis, the National Data and Digital Leader at KPMG in Canada. Hi, and I'm Sylvia Gonzalez-Zamora, partner in the People and Change Practice and National Leader of Inclusion, Diversity and Equity Services. Zoe, I'm delighted to have the opportunity to discuss this topic with you. It's so interesting and I'm so deeply passionate about it. AI's bias problem, how businesses can cope with it and move forward with it, and we see it more in the media. So it's really interesting to me to see how can we create and use and interact with AI in a responsible manner. Absolutely, Sylvia. It's top of mind that in KPMG, in Canada and across the Canadian and global business landscape, we both have a lot to say on this. So let's dive right in and give some context to frame the conversation today. So I'll start with the definition of AI from John McCarthy, where he says, artificial intelligence is the science and engineering of making intelligent machines. But I think we also need to consider some information from Caroline Credo Perez's book, Invisible Women, Data Bias is a, in a World Designed for Men, where she notes most recorded human history is one big data gap. She goes on that machines are not are just reflecting our biases, they are simply amplifying them and by a significant amount. Yes, this is absolutely true. The question then comes in, how can AI make intelligent machines if the data that we're being used is not full? It's It doesn't have the quality, the perspective of gaps and absences. How do we create algorithms that are smart to depending on this data? And then as well, what are the implications of being uh, using maybe biased data from businesses that are engaged with using AI already. I think that this is directly related to how businesses can interact with AI, but also think about the responsible manner of doing it and the implications of how they're using it. How would you define responsible AI, Zoe? Oh, it's really interesting, actually. I think that, you know, this is a day to day with the advancements in technology today and technologies like GPT. I think defining what's responsible AI is critical for businesses today. We have a responsible AI framework here at KPMG where we talk about the lots of different slices and the way we've built the responsible AI framework is a, a bit of a pie chart where there's like almost like an orange or an apple where you've got lots of different layers and lots of different slices to it. There's definitely different impacts dependent on where you come from. So from a responsible AI perspective, it's about actually being able to harness the technology, harness the impact and the benefit that AI can bring, but actually really looking into the face of it and saying, how do we do this responsibly? How do we do this ethically? How do we ensure that when we implement this technology that we do it in a responsible way that keeps our people, our customers and everybody else that we interact with safe? So how do we actually interact with the AI? Is the data that's being used for AI non-bias? Has it got unconscious bias? Are the people that are building the technology diverse so that we're not building unconscious bias into code? So I think there's lots of different ways to define responsible AI. What do you think, Sylvia? What would you add to that? Well, I definitely see that conversation of unconscious bias affecting the data and the AI is very top of mind right now. Many organizations are starting to see how, because they wanted to automate and bring AI to the table, 
they coded quickly with generic perceptions, for example, as some algorithms are taking now our human bias into the technology world. And these implications can be really impactful for some equity deserving groups. For example, we know women in the insurance industry have always had higher risks attached to them and therefore higher payments. And if we consider now algorithms are taking a personalized approach, hopefully it can help some women to reconsider how they're using the AI to read their driving habits, for example, or where they live. But it is very interesting how the bias can survive and even be prolonged through the AI if we don't take a human conscious approach to understand how are we coding the decision making process and should humans be overriding some of these decisions sometimes considering more context. Absolutely, I completely agree. The human in the loop concept is critical. I think there's the the rise of the AI empowered worker. I think we definitely want to think about using AI to empower people rather than the other way around. I think it's interesting when you think about insurance, when I when you look back historically over insurance data or just data more broadly around women, things like back in the day when they were testing crash test dummies for cars to generate safety ratings and to generate insurance ratings, they actually use male sized dummies. This is actually true. And so they've never really tested or trained those inception data sets with women or women's bodies. So there's actually just inherent bias built into that from the get go. So what we have to do is actually be very responsible when we are building algorithms on behalf of our clients or ourselves to say, we understand and we know that, you know, history isn't perfect and there have been things that have happened that do have inherent bias to gender. So how do we ensure that we build technology and algorithms so that we actually are addressing the bias? So we're not just actually going over the top of it and actually ignoring it, we're actually actively addressing it and calling it out because that way then we get a truly equitable, unbiased, clearly diverse outcome for everybody today. I think it's really interesting. I think businesses can really start to proactively think about how they use it responsibly and from a data perspective. But given some of the research that we've done recently, I would say it's a 50-50 for the Canadian public around whether they're actually ready to go down the road of AI, let alone whether they're going to start to implement it. And I think trust is a real key consideration, AI. But do you, do you, have you got anything to add on that? Yeah, well, definitely, because businesses proactively are looking forward to AI. They are, of course, astonished what we see on the media that now we can do. But it's incredibly helpful to also consider how is this being used with an intersectional approach. And if we consider equity, diversity and inclusion by design, so in the beginning of the inception of the um, maybe the algorithm, the decision making, and then how the data is going to be consumed and used, then that will help how do we commit to the equity, diversity and inclusion changes that we want as a society. I loved your example about a bias in gender in, in insurance from the beginning. We were discussing with scientists, for example, how the differences in skin tone, for example, have been picked by studies for centuries with algorithm that is only considering six shades of skin tone. 
And what that means maybe for the cosmetic company is that many of the shades of natural skin tones have been replaced, have been ignored for many years. And we would say, well, why, why is that important? But in the physical world, we have already bucketed people into these big schemes. And then we make certain assumptions and prejudice uh, is around those big buckets of people. So once we take this to the digital world, we will be then looking at how the data, as you were saying, combined with the unconscious bias that we may be adding to the AI is maybe taking some unfair decisions at the end for some equity deserving groups. We saw it in housing, for example, how mortgages, how credit cards are uh, limiting the credit history or credit score for some of our equity deserving groups based on the algorithms that are behind the risk assessment of some of these uh, financial services products. So how much of this then gets honed into the decision making of having a home, of giving somebody a mortgage. It's incredible how many implications this can have in somebody's life. I think it's very interesting point you're making, actually. I think the whole ethics around data and how we use AI practically is the number one thing that a lot of businesses are actually really grappling with today, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. And businesses are just taking it forward with a different mindset. I think as they move along AI with the mindset of productivity and efficiency and moving volumes of data, then we're getting closer to the risk of bias and uh, not considering intersectionality. I, I do hope that businesses gain that employee perspective and customer perspective through their understanding of the communities they serve, and then we have more inclusiveness. How do you see that inclusiveness in the data and particularly how communities can typically be misinterpreted or excluded completely so? Oh, I think it's it's a real challenge. I think it leans, it leads into integrity, right? I think that there's obviously the trusted element, but there's really integrity around having fairness and transparency in the data, in what data is actually collected, how it's actually being used. Is it upholding ethical principles of a business? Are we upholding human rights into including laws, regulations, privacy? I think there's, you know, there's a lot of talk around if you're using data and you're using AI to deliver some kind of results you in your business, then have integrity and have transparency and talk about how that's being used or what you're using it for and how it's being driven and manipulated. I think that the data is very powerful, as we know. I think data is everywhere. Data can really drive business outcome. David, data can actually genuinely change the way a business is operated and really make a difference between whether a business fails or succeeds. But I think that there's a new layer coming where if you don't have transparency, you don't have integrity and you don't have that trust and you're not honest about how you're using it, then I think you really actually can start to struggle and have real big risk to the business. There's a lot of research out there that shows that, you know, ethics of data and AI is one of the key enablers to build trust in AI systems. And I think that's really important. I think we just define AI ethics as a branch of ethics. But it really does evaluate the data and technology practices to, de to deliver diverse 
and adversely to, to make sure that you're not adversely impacting people in society like you've just said I mean that's a great example and there's been others that we've seen out in the press around you know facial recognition and de- various things where machine learning and the learning engines haven't been trained enough on diverse people and we all look different six billion people on the planet seven billion people on the planet are all different and so how do we actually ensure that we build something that actually you know is inherently non-biased for everybody so i think there's there's a lot of consequences right from the misuse of artificial intelligence disorder would you agree yes absolutely so there's so much risk that we need to mitigate from the beginning and i loved your uh, way of adding we need that trust we need that transparency we need to bring people in our communities to the table Thank you so much, Zoe. This has been a, a fantastic conversation. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on the episode of Women Talk Tech, brought to you by the KPMG Women in Technology community. Stay tuned for what we'll talk about next in future episodes. See you next time. Mm-hmm.